Welcome, everybody. I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Retirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. Do you lay awake at night wondering if you have enough money to pay the bills, let alone retire? In this show, your vision will be transformed, and I will show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals, businesses, and families over the past 20-plus years, and I'm proud to say I've never lost one dime of my clients' money. I will share with you secrets I've learned over two decades that only the few rich know and really have been around for centuries. You see, pre-retirement is plan retirement early so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there when you need it. So I look at retirement as refirement. It's your second life, and you're creating it now, so you really should be in that state of mind of retirement even as you're working. And I am really, really excited to share some really great tips with you Today, I have a really special guest, Kimberly, Kimberly Rinaldi, and she has created some highly successful coaching and lessons in joyful living. She really believes in empowering others, and through that, she has the ability to show you how to break through any and all barriers, which really is going to allow you to reach your greatest potential and actually joyfully step into your life purpose. Kimberly, I really want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Ms. Chris. It is an absolute pleasure to be here today. We, you just have such ex, exciting and neat gifts. You're a certified master trainer of hypnotherapy, EFT, NLP, success coaching, and Reiki. And as a psychic and medium, you've used your intuitive abilities and unique skills to actually help clients achieve their highest healing potential and move toward their soul purpose in the spirit of empowerment. And I'm really, I think that's awesome. Well, thank you. You know what? I love what I do, and I love sharing all of the tools and all of the skills and all of the the trainings that basically I've invested in myself in to get to that point. And like I tell people, my programs are called Lessons in Joyful Living. And the reason I call them that is because I truly believe that when you find what your lesson in joyful living is, you should share it. You should share it. You should help other people maybe not have to do so much of the heavy lifting themselves. That's why I do what I do. That's great. You know, how we were talking before we started, and and I think this is really a really good, good question on how to attract. How do you attract money, wealth, and abundance? That's a big question there, huh? You know, and it is, and it's such an important thing, and people often come to it from the wrong perspective. How do I make more money? And they start looking at the tangibles, they start looking at the function of it, they start looking at lottery tickets, if you will, (laughs) working overtime, cutting back, scaling back, and really those, those are ways to change a financial circumstance. But the truth of the matter is to attract money, wealth, and abundance. I'm a firm believer that what your belief system is about is reflected in your bank balance. So what you're thinking, what you're hearing, what you're experiencing in your life is very much reflected in what you have in the bank, what's going on in your financial circumstances. And it really, you know, is it just about money? When I talk about money, wealth, and abundance, it's about everything. Good. Yeah. So, you know, these, these theories, these processes can be applied to love, to relationships, to more, you know, free time. But for today, because I know you work in, in the field of finance and that's, that's your focus, we're going to apply these tools to money, to money and wealth. So that, that's really, like, I'm glad you said that because 
you know, it's it's a secondary thing, and that's why I've said pre-retirement is plan, retirement early, so your money, your health, and your peace of mind. Because if you don't have peace of mind and you're not hooked up to God and spirit and know what's really happening, everything else is secondary. So when somebody's coming into that state of mind, and it's a process, it's a journey, and we're all on it, and what would... How do you lead people to that? How did how do they get in touch? The first <laughs> the first thing is I tell them to pull on their big girl or their big boy panties, yeah, and and get to the point where they understand they have to own where they are. I don't want to hear that that you know it's it's because of the job, and I don't want to hear that it's because how you were raised, and I don't want to hear that you weren't breastfed or held or or whatever right. the circumstances are, you're exactly where you are because that's what you're prepared for. And this may sound kind of harsh, but the reality is you have exactly what you have because that is what your thoughts are representing. So when you pull on those big girl or big boy panties and you start to say, you know what, this may be where I came from, but I'm willing to make a change, I'm willing to own it. And when you own it, you can change it. And it isn't about blame and it isn't about culpability. It's about really being at cause for what happened. I grew up in circumstances where financially we had and then there were times we didn't have. And I grew up in circumstances where I was surrounded by violence, substance abuse, uh, childhood sexualization. There are people in my family who, because of the same exposures, are serving time in prison. And I don't say these things very lightly. I was exposed to the very same things. The difference between me and them is I made a difference in my life by stepping up and saying it doesn't matter what happened. What matters is what am I going to do with it. Right. So what... So going through probably the most intensest thing, what did you do? What what did you actually do to get through all that? You know what? It, it's it's an interesting circumstance with me, and, and I'll share, and, and it gets very personal if you don't mind. No. Um, I grew up in a circumstance where I was, money always came easy to me. I was the kid who found 20 bucks on the ground. I was the, you know, the, the right. young lady who walking the mall parking lot at Christmas time found $100 literally blowing across the parking lot. <laughs> I was the one who at 16 was in Vegas gambling. Not proud of it, but I was. Um, You know, and I'm I'm the one who will walk up to a machine and put 10 bucks in and hit for 2,500. There was an an event uh, several years ago. I literally walked in a casino, hadn't even checked into the hotel, had sort of dumped my bags with the bellman, walked over, put a $100 bill in a machine, hit for 2,500. They paid me off, asked me to play it off and hit for 2500 immediately again. Right. And and the the person who was paying me off said I've never seen anyone do that. My disconnect was the person who was my abuser, my sexual abuser was my usual circumstance. Um but she bought me my first car. She paid for private school for me. For birthdays and Christmas and what have you, I always got more money than anybody else. So when money came easy to me, I had this horrible plan being bought and paid for again. So as quickly as money came to me, I couldn't burn through it fast enough. And it was a very unhealthy circumstance for me. And it was one that until I was 28 years old, and at 28 years old, a couple of big things happened. I got married, bought a house, was in a corporate environment making a lot of money, and just couldn't, literally couldn't piss through it fast enough. And whether it was gambling, whether it was shoe shopping, whatever it was, I just could not get it out of my hands fast enough. Yeah. And there came a point where I thought, you know, I, I, I've got the home, I've got the stability, I've got the security, but I don't have a future development plan for myself. 
and I can't hold on to the money. It just my mom always said it burned a hole in my pocket, and it literally did because it really, really just didn't feel right to me. Right. And I I finally came to understand the emotional dynamic behind it. And I had to do some work. And I actually, I worked with another coach, and I'll never forget, it was an interesting situation. I locked myself in the room with a headset, talking to this coach who happened to be in Washington State at the time, and hadn't mentioned the sexual abuse to her. And usually, most coaches won't won't go there if the client doesn't. And she says, I have to stop you. She goes, and I normally don't ask these questions. She said, but... I have to ask, did did you have, you know, these things happen as a child? And I said, oh, yeah. And she said, she asked another very poignant question, and that was when I made the connection. And I realized I had all these unhealthy beliefs, all these unhealthy thoughts, all this unhealthy baggage around money. And I remember that was the day that the healing started. Did it all happen at once? You know what? I'm going to say 75% of it happened that day because consciousness breeds change. But I remember because, I walked... Because what, what changed? Consciousness breeds change because oh, when you're right. aware of it... Good one, yeah. Yeah. When you're aware of it, you can't say, well, I don't know what's happening. Right, exactly. <laughs> There's another saying called recognition is ignition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, Very you much so. Exactly. I, yeah. I remember I walked out of the bedroom and I came downstairs and... And my husband, who is an absolute dear, was who is so supportive. I walked out, and he's like, "Are you okay?" You know, the eyes swollen from crying, and right. you know, the nose all snuffly. And I said, "Yeah." And I sat down, and I kind of unfolded what had happened over the phone with him. And he looked at me, and he said, "You never saw that." And I went, "What?" And he goes, "I can't believe you hadn't seen that." He goes, God, sweetie, that is so apparent. Well, yeah, most of our challenges are apparent to the people who love us, but we're so ingrained in them. Right. You know, we're so subjectively viewing them that we can't see the problem because all we see is the problem. Right. And um, it was was an interesting circumstance. (laughs) I remember telling him, well, for the love of God, why didn't you point it out to me? We could have started this healing earlier. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I, right. But I came to it when I was ready. Right. And like I said, it, it 75% of it shifted that day because it was there was a consciousness about it. There were other tools that I employed, tools that I use, and tools that I'll share with your listeners um, that I employ even to this day. And that's the important thing to remember. Have I healed the crap from my childhood? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I work in the real world. I work in an environment where I hear people talking about, quote, this bad economy, talking about, quote, they can't afford things. And it's so important for people to understand that even though I've made these changes, I've I, I've turned my financial status into a very, very, you know, comfortable situation. I still have to do the maintenance work myself because I still live in the real world. I'm still exposed to what we call idea viruses that are out there, memes that I pick up. Whether I want them or not, they're impacting my my creative consciousness. Other people call it subconscious or unconscious mind. I call it creative consciousness because the truth of the matter is what's going in there is working to create the world around you. So what So, what do you attribute that you have to go through a lot of work, a long process, a lot of mind thoughts, a lot of emotions, very hard emotions, and things that pop into your head out of nowhere. So you know, it depends on everybody's circumstance. Um, the tools and the techniques that I use, I come from training in behavioral modalities. So a lot of the stuff I use isn't traditional therapeutic method where you're hashing over the same thing over and over and what I call scab picking. And you're going through those tough emotions repeatedly. I truly believe 
um, the traditional therapeutic process is for the purpose of insight, which consciousness brings change, but insight doesn't always bring consciousness. So I use behavioral modalities where we actually gear towards making changes in people's belief set for... Okay, what would be, for our audience, what's a behavior modality? Behavioral modalities are tools that actually change a person's thought process, change their behavior. We work at a level of value, identity, or belief. So we change their values, we change what they perceive as their identity, or we change a belief system. And that initiates behavioral change. The way, the way I'll, I'll give you a metaphor that I use when I'm working with clients who aren't familiar with it. If a client comes to me and I tell them, okay, let's imagine you're a car and you're here and you're, te- you're telling me your transmission is slipping. Traditional therapeutic process is to take the entire car apart, lay it out, discuss every part and how it fits in, when it came in, and what, it, what its purpose is. Okay? But remember, the transmission is slipping. With the behavioral modalities with the tools that I use, like neurolinguistic programming, emotional freedom technique, toning, um, hypnotherapy, all of these tools, if you come in and tell me your transmission's slipping, I'm not going to take the car apart. We're going to give you a new transmission, one that actually works for you. And there are clients who have been through traditional therapies, and, and they, you know, I want to know why. I'd like to know why when this is all over. And I always tell them, you know, when this is done and you've changed how you're dealing with things, you've changed your strategies, and you're moving in a much more helpful direction, if you want to come back and pay me for a session to find out why, I'm happy to do it. No one's taken me up on that yet in all the years I've been doing this. Um, The reason being, once you've made that change, you just know you're not going back there. Right. So what what did the... um the NLP do for you? Is that is that how did you actually? I mean, basically, changing your mindset is what you're talking about, right? You know, it is. It, it's as simple as, as as dropping in a new transmission, utilizing neurolinguistic programming or hypnotherapy or any of those tools. We go in and we change strategies, or we change the creative consciousness, the unconscious drivers. I'll I'll give you an example. One of the unhealthy behaviors I had before I did this healing work was um, I had this concept for this this strategy, rather, for for purchases. And I talk about this in a lot of my programs. Mm -hmm. My strategy for purchasing was I'd see it, I'd like it. If I could afford it, I'd buy it. The problem was I made really good money, so I bought a lot of crap that I didn't need. (laughs) A lot of crap that I didn't need. No woman needs that many handbags, okay? Um, And there was a period where I was working for a... uh, an insurance company, and I, I was making a, a very good salary and then, you know, commission checks in in the six to eight, $10,000 a month arena. Mm-hmm. Um, well, incentive, not commission, rather. And I remember at one point I had gone to South Coast Plaza. I had purchased a lovely handbag. And my husband came home, and the handbag was on the table, and it's beautiful decked-out box and dust cover, and, and this this was about a car payment purchase. So think about what you pay for a car payment. I paid that for a handbag. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, and this was not unusual for me. Oh, dear. Yeah, and my husband said, oh, you found out what your incentive check was this month. And I said, no. And he said, what do you mean, no? And I said, no, I, I don't know what my incentive check is. We won't find out our numbers until tomorrow. And my husband said something that absolutely triggered part of my unhealthy behavior. He said, you can't afford that if you don't know what your incentive check is. And the you can't afford was something I heard growing up that I had really anchored a lot of real heavy negative crap to. And I remember getting very angry and thinking, you have no idea what I can afford. Mm -hmm. And not only can I afford this, I'm going to show you. So that was on a Thursday. Mm. The next day at work, I said, hey, ladies, who wants to go back to the mall today with me for lunch? Uh, uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. 
I went back to the mall. I bought two more handbags and three matching wallets to go with. So now we've gone from car payment investment to pretty decent-sized mortgage investment on handbags and wallets that day. So my husband came home, and I have three handbags, three wallets, all the you know packaging and decking out that goes with them across the right. dining room table. And I could see the, the vein bulging on his forehead as he said, what are you doing? And I said, yeah. you don't get to tell me what I can afford. And not only could I afford that yesterday, I could afford all of these today. And I still don't know what my numbers are. Ooh, not proud of the behavior. That was real. That, that's unhealthy behavior when you're yeah. in a marriage and you're and let sharing. Me, let finance. me interject there, Kimberly. Yeah. I would say, and I don't know the percent, there are a lot of people just like that using yeah. their credit cards to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's well, see, I lived on my American Express cards for years Yeah. because I knew I had to pay them off at the end of the month. But, like I said, I was in that, that cycle of it was not unusual to have a seven, eight, nine, or $10,000 month because I could. And I remember he was just, he was so upset, and it wasn't about the purchase. It was about the five-year-old behavior that was fueling that purchase, the strategy. Right. So using neuro-linguistic programming, we broke down what my strategies were for buying. And I, I actually, and I laugh about this because my new strategy for purchasing, and I'm not saying I don't buy expensive handbags. I do. But the new strategy is, do I see it and do I like it? Well, yeah, it has to catch my attention. But then instead of, can I afford it? That actually has been moved to the final question. I've inserted a few other questions in between. The next question is, will I use it? I've released a lot of stuff that never got used with tags on it because I was utilizing a poor buying strategy. I was utilizing behaviors that were based on unhealthy relationships with money. Right. The old programming. So, will I use it? Okay, if I'm going to use it, the next question is, do I have a home for it? I live in a beautiful 1940s um, tri-level carriage house. And when you think 1940s home, think there is no such thing as a walk-in closet. Understand this. So, will I use it? Do I have a home for it? If I have to contemplate where I'm going to wedge this new item into the house... That's already packed. It's already packed with yeah. more stuff than I'll ever need in a lifetime. I'm sitting here in my living room looking around. I have books everywhere, beautiful books, leather-bound books. I, I, I'm a, an avid reader. Um, I, that's probably the next level of purging is going to be getting rid of some books. But, you know, do I have a home for it? If the answer is no, then I'm not making the purchase. Will I use it? If the answer is no, then I'm not making the purchase. And the final question, you know, it got my attention. I was attracted to it. I like it. Will I use it? Do I have a home for it? And finally, will I love it? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's stuff that I like, but will I absolutely love it once I have it? How many times as a consumer have I made a purchase, got it home, and thought, wow, that looked so much better in the store. Or, okay, what was I thinking? And right. I think of one handbag that had concho gold buckles and it was white leather with pink <laughs> interior. And I don't do anything Western, but it was just, you know, it was so darn cute and I thought I'd get an outfit to go with it. <laughs> but when I got it home, I didn't love it. Right. So, you know, do I have a home for it? Will I use it? Do I love it? If it meets all three of those those new criteria, then the final question is, can I afford it? But so much gets filtered out before that final question anymore. The good news is I'm not out there buying, you know, investment handbags at, at a at a mortgage investment concept. Do I buy handbags? Yes, I bought a beautiful new Navy one a couple, couple, three weeks ago. Was it a car payment? Yes, it was. It was the equivalent of a car payment. 
But the reality was I needed a Navy bag for a particular thing that I was doing. Didn't have one, bought it. Now I have a lovely Navy handbag that will last me for many, many years. Right. And you are not putting yourself in debt to do that. Exactly. Exactly. That's the big problem. And that's, you know, and, and whether, and that's the important thing, whether you're putting yourself in debt or you're just not building future security because you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck, which I was. I had really good paychecks, but I was living paycheck to paycheck. You know, I had a, um, an attorney CPA on my show, mm-hmm. and he, in fact, that was today, and he was talking about, he actually did the calculations. He used to train the IRS agents. He's very knowledgeable about everything. And he did the calculations on a uh, one Starbucks, one latte a week, yeah. and for uh, it's $22 a week. And by the time you retire, if you just stopped one latte a week, you would have $30,000 just from your one latte a week saved in a regular, no big account with, you know, money market account or something with hardly any interest. Yeah, and there are people who are doing that daily. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, at that point, oh, yeah. you cut the five-day-a-week and you can invest in your own Starbucks. That's it. <laughs> it, it it's amazing, and, and and what you're talking about is is a mindset that we're all born into that really, um, you know, we're, we're buying and trying to fill the hole in our heart with stuff or, or and not saying, you know, or buying more than we can afford and putting our family at risk or living off of credit cards. Or more than we need, and that, that's where I more was. More than we need, right. Yeah, it was more than I needed. I, I'm one woman. How many handbags do I need? I'm now down to, you know, like eight basic, really nice handbags. Mm-hmm. None of them are pink and white with gold concho buckles. Um, you know, and I'm not knocking Western, but I don't own anything Western. There was no reason for me to purchase it. Right. You know, I, I we took a trip many years ago before I had done a lot of this healing work on myself, and we went up to Sonoma Mendocino and did wine country, and we filled the back of a Lincoln Navigator plus shipped stuff home. Wow. Yeah, and that's how I traveled. Any place I'd travel, I would end up shipping things home. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, I had some great yard sales. I mean, people loved my yard sales. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So what... I'd get to where I'd want to unload stuff, and I'd have a yard sale just to get rid of it. Yeah, um, so you could go get more. <laughs> exactly. That was exactly my point, was if I made room, I could get more. And that was, you know, I wasn't... I wasn't racking up credit card debt. I wasn't putting my family at risk, but I wasn't being a good steward of the money that I was receiving. I wasn't building a financial stable future. And I was working in a situation where I was still running these strategies that were unhealthy for me, unhealthy for my my situation in, in being married. So what happened? How did you how did you click out of that? What 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 did what was I I I identified it. I worked with with a coach who is a dear friend of mine, and we did some hypnotherapy. We did some neuro linguistic programming, as I said, and changed the the buying strategy, which I explained. You know, just adding those three new questions in the middle eliminated ninety to ninety five percent of my purchasing. You know, do I still do I still purchase and make big investment purchases, I do. But they have to meet those criteria. Mm-hmm. So when you when you went through the NLP, mm-hmm. did you go actually go through um for example, I'll just use myself. I really watch and I don't I have no training with NLP. I really don't even hardly know what it is. Right. Per se. For example, if I get up in the morning and I'm expecting miracles, I just believe they're coming, and I'm so excited, I'm thanking God for it, I'm living in gratitude, and I'm in this, they happen. And if I get up in the morning and I'm not on the bright side, 
that the day actually, you know, whatever song you're playing is the song you're going to end up singing. Right. And so is that the kind of thing that you're talking about with, with NLP? You know what? Neurolinguistic programming has so many different tools within the modality uh-huh. that that is one of the one of the facets of it. Um, NLP, for lack of a better explanation, is what I call the language of the the study and language of thought and behavior. It's also the modeling of excellence. And the theory is, if you can find somebody who's doing what it is that you want and break down their strategy, how they do what they do, if one can, all can. Hmm. So when I healed all of those unhealthy beliefs, all all of those unhealthy behaviors, I took a step back and I sat down and I I really did. I, I worked in a corporate environment, so I tell people most of my programs start out as PowerPoint. Thank God they don't make it to, <laughs> to <laughs> development as PowerPoint. But they start in PowerPoint because that's where my mind works better. Right. So I took all of those unhealthy behaviors and I started breaking them down. And I started looking at what were the tools that worked to break down the issue for me. How did I actually heal this? And I put it together as a program. And I utilize meditation in this program. I utilize emotional freedom technique, which is um, tapping on meridians used in acupuncture. Instead of using needles, we use gentle tapping. We use a lot of neurolinguistic programming, which is the, the language of the mind in it. There's about four different modalities used in this program, and basically, these are the tools I used. And as I said, these are the tools I continue to use in maintenance for myself. And when I do it for myself at this point, I was just telling a colleague Monday, um, I do it at least once a month. However, if I'm exposed to a lot of other people who are espousing all this negative nonsense Mm -hmm. about money, then I do it more often. So... um what what would you tell people? Like for example, you mentioned tapping. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could give everybody a little example. What is tapping? Tapping tapping is emotional freedom technique, and it was um, created by Gary Craig, who has a theory tap on everything. And you can go to YouTube and, and look at examples of how to do it. They're up there for free. I have a YouTube channel and have a couple of tapping videos up there as well. Or you can email customer service at KimberlyRinaldi.com, put EFT in the subject line, will send you a tapping instructional sheet, kind of a one cool. sheet on it. Yeah. And what tapping is, is we use gentle tapping on meridian lines, on the hands, on the head, on the face, and on part of the clavicle and the, co- the collarbone area. And these are areas that are utilized in acupuncture to break down crisis, typically. But again, instead of using needles, we're just using gentle tapping and we're talking. And the things that we're saying are the NLP process. Gary Craig, who created this, was neither a therapist nor a doctor. He was actually an NLP master practitioner, or is an NLP master practitioner. And so we're utilizing this what we determine is an energy healing modality, along with neurolinguistic programming, we're kind of pairing them together to make changes in the creative consciousness, to make changes in the belief set, to make changes in behavior ultimately. And it's really funny because I, I've watched people go from doing a quick round of tapping on something they believe, um, you know, seven, eight, nine, or ten out of ten. If you ask them, you know, how true does this feel to you, they'll tell you 7, 8, 9, or 10 out of 10, a quick round of tapping on it, and you ask how true does this feel to you, and they look at you and they're like, well, that's not true at all. Uh, I mean, that's how quickly this stuff can shift. Yeah, yeah, cool. So for those of you that just jumped in, you are listening to Ready, Set, Retire, 
and I call it Refire, so you get on with your life. And I, my special guest is Kimberly Rinaldi, and she's sharing some amazing techniques that have really brought her through some great breakthroughs. Um, and Kimberly, why don't you share with everybody your special offer today and how they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. So I was talking about this program that I put together. I actually taught it in in my home and in, in my art gallery where I did larger classes, and I've done it as an online course uh, for a few years. We would do it every other month. <laughs> and I tell people part of why I did it every other month was so that I would make sure that I was doing it. Mm. And what it is is four pre-recorded calls from when I was doing it as an online course that takes you through a program that I call How to Attract Money, Wealth, and Abundance. And it's basically all the work that I did to break down all of these negative belief sets and how to instill positive thoughts and behaviors and beliefs around money. And after teaching it live for several years, what I came to realize is so many people have such similar beliefs, whether or not they speak them aloud, around money. And it comes from what I mentioned earlier, those memes, those idea viruses. Mm -hmm. And these tools break them down. They help you change that nonsense out for something that's actually going to serve you. So for your listeners who are interested, this program was, I believe, $397 the last time I did it as an online course. We have it available for $97. And it is at, oh gosh, I'm going to have to look. It is, you can either email customer service at KimberlyRinaldi.com with a request for it and we'll send you a direct link or you can go to, we have a bit link for it and that's bit.ly forward slash, I'm trying to get my computer on here. It's bit dot ly forward slash financial healing and that should get you there financialhealing.com and it's all lowercase so at bit.ly forward slash financialhealing.com and that will take you to the bit link and as I said this is a four four week program that you get the four mp3s for you get um, a PDF workbook that goes with it, two additional MP3 meditations to support your changes. And basically what it is, it's what I recommend to my clients and students who want to change their relationship with money, wealth, and abundance. And these are the exact tools that I use to maintain the flow of abundance in my life. And this is a really, really powerful training. I had um, one client... This has got to be about eight years ago, seven or eight years ago. She was having a horrible time, and she and her husband both worked for um, an extension of the federal government. They were both directors in the Southern California area. One was making just shy of 200000 a year. The other one was making just over 200000 a year, and they were living paycheck to paycheck. And she was talking about having to file bankruptcy because of credit card debt and a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And we did this when I was doing it as a program. She asked if we could do it privately. We did this on a Saturday afternoon. She met with me for three hours. We went through it completely. And on Monday morning, she called me and she said, she left me a message. She said, I know you don't work Mondays, but I have to tell you, I got a phone call to do contract work and they're starting negotiating with me at $80,000 for this six-week program that they want me to put together. They've asked me to consider that the bottom range is 80 and the top range is 120. And she says, this is exactly what I need to get myself turned around and out of this place where I feel like I'm choking financially. Mm-hmm. By the end of the week, she had the check in her bank account. Now, does everybody have that level, that big an uh, experience? No, everybody doesn't have that big an experience, but think about where she was. Right. They were making nearly half a million a year, and they were living paycheck to paycheck, and they were struggling. 
strangling and struggling with their debt. Mm-hmm. And she manifested a circumstance that quickly that gave them some breathing room and helped them to turn things around literally within six months just by making changes to what they were doing. But it all started with changing her mindset. Right. Right. And that's the old age-old, what is that, the age-old adage, if as a man thinketh, you know, you are what you think. It's really true. It's so true. So, again, everybody, you can get uh, to this by going to, what was that again, Kimberly? It's a bit link. So it's bit.ly forward slash financial healing. And if that's too much, then just go to KimberlyRinaldi.com, contact me through my website, or email us at customer service at KimberlyRinaldi.com. Let us know that you're interested in that program, and we will send you a link. We'll get you signed up for it. We'll do whatever it takes to help you get there. But it was originally a $397 package. Um, For your listeners, Chris, we got it for $97. Cool. All right. Well, everybody ought to go over there and get, get grab a hold of that because you have to have the right mindset to do to be abundant, to be at peace. And for those of you who want to reach out to me again, I'm Chris Miller. I'm the host of the show, Ready, Set, Retire. I'd like to say refire so you come alive again. And you could reach out to me at Chris K R I S at readyforpretirement.com. And if you go to my website, Ready for Pre-Tirement, that's R-E-A-D-Y-F-O-R-P-R-E-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T.com, you can get a free article on the three myths of financial planning because there's some, there's some big mindset shifts that people have to go about the way that everybody's been taught where to save their money. And so that's what I talk about there, safe money strategies. And again, uh, that's... Also, you can grab my book is over there, too, uh, ready for pre-retirement. So let's get back to Kimberly and find out a little bit more on how we can break through a lot of the the mind traps that our brains are set up to sabotage us and, you know, really make life miserable. You really have two choices. You really can go for, you know, that it's all good or it's not. And so what, what... what other tip would you share, Kimberly, that would help people maybe get sleep better at night? And right, you know, honestly, it's so important to remember that what other people experience does not have to be your experience. And I'm, I'm actually opening the um, the manual that I use for the training for attracting money, wealth, and abundance, and. There are, oh my gosh, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are like you, Chris. You're working in in an industry where you're helping people out of their own way, essentially. Right. Um, But as an entrepreneur, you you have some of your own stuff that you might have to deal with, like I'm afraid of rejection, um, I'm I'm scared to put myself out there. I feel bad charging people who have less money than me. These are things that come up. Um, you know, I can't make money doing what I love. These are actual statements. Right. This might, might not be you, but these are statements I've received from other practitioners. I really shouldn't be charging for this. People won't get results. These little things you have you have to work on these little things within yourself before you can go out there and help your clients because it it does snowball. And these, as I said, they're working in the back of your mind. Whether you believe them or not, if you hear them, they sort of get lodged in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're a practitioner of, of some sort, if you're an entrepreneur of some sort, think about some of that stuff. One of the things that I heard for many years from people who own their own businesses before I launched my own, my first business at 19, was you're never going to work harder for anyone than working for yourself. Right. So I always kept my businesses as a sideline. It was like I'm never doing it full time because I don't want to work any more. You know, I don't want to work any harder than I already am. Right. The yeah. reality is now doing this full time for myself for all these years, um, 
I'm not working. I actually worked harder working in a corporate environment. You know, you, you there's a huge difference. But for those of you who aren't entrepreneurs, who don't have your own business, you know, here's some, some memes that, that people have that may sound funny, but I guarantee you they are impacting your ability to attract and retain money. Things like, a penny saved is a penny earned. Really? We want to work in pennies? How about money doesn't grow on trees? Well, no, none of us has ever seen, you know, a cash tree. Uh-huh. But these things stick in there. Remember when we were kids, beggars can't be choosers? Right, right. So accept whatever you get. Mm-hmm. Here's one that I love hearing. I could really use the money. Mm. Yeah. I work hard for my money, another day, another dollar. Mm-hmm. Here was a personal favorite growing up. I'm not made of money. Mm. These are, I mean, we repeat these memes over and over and over. We hear them. We feel like it's not, you know, these aren't true. They don't affect me. I have news for you. They are affecting you at an unconscious level. And I'm going to use the word unconscious here. Mm-hmm. It is at an unconscious level, but it is working in your creative consciousness. Right. You know, then think about what's happened with our economy in the U.S., even globally, but specifically in the U.S. since 2006. The housing market turned around in 2006. The stock market crashed in September of 2007. I launched a business in October of 2008. To everybody telling me, are you crazy? What are you thinking? But I took a 40% hit on my retirement account. And I realized I never wanted to be at that risk ever again. And I wanted to be in control of the money that I bring in. Right. So I launched a business in October of 2008 is when I launched into doing this full time. And I took a year hiatus from where I was working to develop this business. And I went back for a 12-week period to close out my agreement with them. And I haven't looked back. And since October of 2008, I've seen nothing but growth. And I, I, this year, I will hit a seven-figure sales awesome. point. And what are we, 2014? Six years? Awesome. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's just... And you've definitely been working on it there. Thank you. But here's what I want to tell you. It's because I do this work to clear my own thoughts, to clear my own beliefs. So when people start talking about we're in a down economy, my first thought is, well, you might be. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. You know, I I, I remember... um, I had a girlfriend who, she was a union employee. She made $55 an hour. She had that mentality of, of employment, and, and I don't downplay that. There is a purpose to it, and we need people out there doing that. She retired at the right time, made a, a, you know, a nice retirement decision, and she's always been one. Who, she, she starts in on the economy. And finally, one day, I looked at her and I said, I refuse to participate in your economy any longer. <laughs> we were having lunch and she went, she, she almost choked. She went, what? And I said, I'm sorry. I refuse to participate in your economy any longer. Right. I choose my own. Mm. That's <laughs> and, great. And I meant it. And it's true, right. Yeah, and, and because that has been my experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is it easy? No, there's upkeep required. But there's upkeep on anything that's worth having. You want to have that rockin' bod? You need to work out. You need to watch your diet. You want to improve your your financial status? You need to maybe work harder, maybe save a little more. You want to improve your love life? You need to get out there and find a better situation. So anything worth having is worth maintaining. What is that saying? The grass is always greener? The grass is always greener wherever you put your attention to it. Right. Well, you know, it's 
you can't see yourself. It really, that's why we need each other. And right. having someone that's walked down the path that before, you know, I can see everybody else, but I really can't see myself like other people do. So no, I talked about I, that, yeah, in the beginning, absolutely. Right. So what other so what other tips would you share with everybody about some maybe some steps that they could take to have a little more joy in their life? You know, I, I really believe, and and financial is a wonderful thing. Financial peace is a, is a wonderful thing to shoot for. Um, emotional peace of mind is a wonderful thing to shoot for. It's about healing the crap that that came before, healing the trauma and drama of the past. I really want people to understand, and I really believe this, when you own it, you can change it. Again, not about culpability, not about blame. If you step up and own everything in your life, you don't have to wait for someone else to give you permission to change the circumstances. Right. And for me, being joyful is that understanding that no matter what happens, I'm okay. I'm really okay because I am still truly an infinite being capable of anything. Right. And it doesn't matter where I've been. What's more important is where am I going with it? What am I going to do with it? It's, and the realization of you being an infinite being is come from the spirit that most a lot of people get caught of thinking, well, that they're their body, that they that haven't even realized that, that who they really are yet, yeah. right? The spirit and the flesh, and that there there's more to life than life and death. And, and so that um, people have to be inclined to reach out for the spirit to learn who they are so that they can have that mindset. Because you can't have the mindset without the spirit. That's right. And and honestly, and, and we'll get spiritual here for a moment if you don't mind. I um I tell people all the time, am I having a great time in this experience? You bet your ass I am. The first part of my life, not so much. There were a lot of challenges I had to walk through to get here. But I know those challenges were there because I'm here to share about them. I'm here to say if I did it, so can you. Right. And when I look back on it and when I realize where I am in this as an infinite being, it's not even a blink of an eye. It's not even a blink of an eye. And as a human expression of my spirit in this body, I'm only a tiny, tiny portion of what I truly am. Right. So worrying about, you know, the transmission, we'll speak of transmissions, the transmission blowing on my vehicle or needing a new roof on the house or, you know, running 15 minutes late for a meeting. Right. Where does that fall in perspective? Do I tell people sit down, start saying, you know, apathy is, is king, I don't give a damn anymore? No. We're here to have a great experience. Right. And if yours isn't so great, then find what you need to find to make the change. But understand those challenges are there for a reason. They're there to help you grow. And truly, in the long run, when you understand you're an infinite soul, it's not even a blink of an eye. Right. Phew. It, it, it is really, you know, the, that really is the bottom line when you have that perspective, it puts everything right in the right place because the priorities go in the right order. And, you know, you're not going to get all upset that you were, what you thought was so important, it loses its priority. It's not that you're not going to be responsible, right. but the priorities will be in the right order. So I think it's really great that you are being transparent and sharing that because it's surprising to me, how many people really have gone through some sort of a really hellacious childhood? Um, you know, not everybody. And a lot of people, I've had, I have another lady that was on my show. She didn't realize what had happened to her till her 60s. Yeah. And she walked through her life, you know, crippled with all of those things that she hid away. Mm-hmm. And we're really in schoolroom earth 
to find out who we are and what we're doing here and get connected to spirit and and be able to help others with the gifts Absolutely. that we have. Absolutely. And and I don't, you know, I I I'm not the coach for everyone because I really do <laughs> one one of my quotes is knock that shit off because I really do believe we tell ourselves a lot of crap for a lot of reasons and there just comes a point where just we just have to knock that shit off. Right. Um but the, the circumstances are this, and I believe it, and I, I know this for a fact because of the work I do. We choose our experiences. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences. And, you know, I look back at my experiences having grown up in those circumstances, and I love the people who were in my life, and I have forgiven them a hundred times over. Initially, for me, that was the gift I gave me because I couldn't carry that burden any longer. Now I have forgiven them because I understand, and I'm going to say this and it may be hard for some people to understand, those who challenge us most on this side are really our most beloved on the other side, or we would never have trusted them with that challenge. Right. Good one. And it is a powerful perspective to hold. Because they're really helping us get through whatever the lesson is that we need to do. Yeah. yeah. And I don't care what the lesson is, and I don't care how bad the circumstance was. The bottom line is, when you learn to bless the lesson, you know you have healed it. And if you want to talk about karma, and if you want to talk about you know, going through repeated lessons until you get it, when you learn to bless the lesson and the person who brought it to you... Mm. You know you've yeah. healed it. There is no reason for you to walk that path again. And this isn't like blessing that. the lesson yeah. through your teeth. I like there that. Is a bless, sense of... That's beautiful. Bless the lesson. Yeah. yeah. You know, you. Just recently, I, um, you know, well, I spent many years on, on the road living in faith and walking down the road, white robe, bare feet, living the life of Christ. And we had no money. We trusted the Spirit. We didn't know where we were going to be tomorrow or the next day. It was amazing. But during that time, there was a little thing we do. Instead of like, oh, shit, you know, instead of cursing, you just, mm-hmm. you know, you, you be thankful. Right. So I forgot that. And now I've been really busy. I'm big, kind of like from the mountaintop back into the world. And I'm watching, you know, I'm changing that mindset. Instead of, you know, cursing the lesson, going, oh, well, that's great. And that, that Bless the lesson, right? Yeah. So how, what gifts they are and changing the mindset. But you really need, you need a hand. You need to be handheld through it because there's a lot of minefields, right, literally, in your mind. You know what, and and that is, there is some truth to that. And and I've openly, on this conversation, talked about two different coaches slash mentors that I've utilized. I am one that if I'm stuck and can't get beyond it, I'm not going to stay stuck. I'm going to go find a resource, whether it's a new tool, a new perspective, somebody who can give me a new tool or a new perspective, a book, whatever, I am going to find a resource. I am not going to sit there with my arms and legs crossed on the ground, you know, as you said, mm-hmm. complaining right. about my circumstances. I, you know, I'm going, to bless, right. I'm going to bless the lesson. There's a reason for this. Right. And maybe exactly. the reason is to find that new person. Mm-hmm. to bring them into my life. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to bless the lesson. I'm going to find a resource, and I'm going to get past it. Right. i got too much living to do. That's it right there. And and a lot of people don't have that or maybe forgot their reason to live. And, and sometimes it just takes looking outside of ourselves and thinking about others. Like, I mean, sometimes you just get depressed. Just look at something you can do for somebody else. And you know what? And that's, that's a... That's a really important point, and I will share with you, changing my view, changing my vision, changing my belief set also changed my status with depression. I had been medicated off and on up until the age of 28, from the age of 17. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> That's too young, ever too much, oh, but well, yeah. it was a blessing, though, because look at you now. Yeah, and I look back on that and I think, you know what, it was, I'm not saying that 
depression and, and all of those mental health issues aren't legitimate and biochemical in nature. Mm-hmm. But when you can change your belief set and change your, your behavior and learn to change your relationship with the past, so much healing is, is available to you that very often, I see it with my own clients, I see it with other people's clients, very often you find that the chemical intervention isn't always necessary at that point. Absolutely, absolutely. I've, I've seen that many, many times mm-hmm. with, with most cases. Yeah. Um, clinically, even you know the other side, and they've they've been able to leave the drugs behind. You know, Kimberly, we're, we have a little bit of time left, and I know you probably have a real nice cherry on the top you'd like to leave our listeners with. Absolutely. I, I really, and and I close almost every show that I can remember to do this with. Go out and do good things for you. Learn to put you first. You came into this world whole and complete. Sometimes you forget. Sometimes you think that you have to give to others first. Sometimes we think we have to give to others and keep our fingers crossed in the hopes that they might give back. Nonsense. Go out and do good things for you. That's what you're here for. Start today. Make you your priority. That's the healthiest thing you can do for yourself. All right. Well, I am. It's really been a joy talking with you and sharing your your experiences. And and again, I want everybody to reach out to Kimberly and and go to that Bit Link, which is what is the Bit Link again? It's bit. dot ly forward slash financial healing. Financial and if for healing. some reason that's not working, or that's just you don't even want to deal with that, email us at customer service at kimberlyrinaldi.com. Just let us know that you're looking for um, how to heal money, wealth, and abundance, uh, how to attract money, wealth, and abundance, or just money, wealth, and abundance. Let us know, and we'll get you the link. We'll get you signed up. We'll contact you, sign you up over the phone, whatever you need. We're here to help you. Wonderful. And that's Rinaldi. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I, Kimberly. Kimberly, it's been a Wonderful joy, and again, my name is Chris Miller, and you can reach out to me at Ready for Pre-Tirement. And to all of our listeners, have a blessed day. Thank you. Found out you can't take a curve at 85. My whole life flashed before my eyes I braced myself to leave this world behind As a million questions raced across my mind Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did I matter? From that moment I became a brand new me With the golden ticket to a better destiny And I told my heart there'll never come a day When I'd have to search inside of me and say Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did did, did I matter? I hope I can be a voice of inspiration And my story finds you well 
Cause when the curtain falls, there ain't no second chances And you don't wanna ask yourself Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did I matter? Oh, oh. did I matter?